Last week we started speaking about um, a theme called Christmassy words. Christmassy words. And so during Christmas time, we say and we sing about some words that um, sometimes have become so familiar that we lose the depth of the meaning that they carry. And so last week we spoke about unstoppable joy. And if you are struggling for joy right now in your life, I want to encourage you to go and listen to that message on our app, oscconnect.com. Um, by the way, about the app, if you did not know about the hats and the socks, it's time that you connect to our social media channels because uh, we're constantly pushing these informations and announcements through there. Um, this is the only other time when we're you know, in service doing the announcements. The other times, all the information goes through that. So go and like our page or uh, uh, download our app so that you can be informed of things like this that happen. So you can be have, you know, be just be in on the fun. We don't want you to feel excluded. Um, and so, so that's the way you, you, you'll kind of know what's coming up next. Um, so today I want to talk to us about hope. And message title is Abiding Hope. And so I mean, during this time, often, you know, uh, with all the, the razzle and the dazzle, uh, some people feel like, man, I get left behind. I don't have hope right now. I don't have joy right now. And so everybody's th speaking and singing about uh, the joy of the season and the hope of the season. Uh, but I don't necessarily feel it myself. And so I believe that this is really um, why we want to speak about these words, these Christmassy words, so that they make sense to you and you are able to connect with the beauty, the depth of meaning and the power that these words contain during this season. And it might encourage you, strengthen you in your walk with God. And so today's message is about hope. How many of you recognize this song? Long lay the world. In sin and error, pining, till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope. How many of you have had a thrill of hope here lately? A thrill of hope, the weary soul rejoices. This morning I had a thrill of hope here in front during praise and worship. <laughs> For yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Don't you just want to break out singing, fall on your knees. <laughs> Another notable word of the Christmas season is the word Advent. Uh, do you know what the word Advent means? It means the arrival of a notable person, thing, or event. Advent is a time for it's a time period starting at the first of Christmas uh, December that you know we're basically just leading up to the day that we chose to celebrate the coming of Christ on. So we all know that Christmas the twenty fifth wasn't the actual birth date of Jesus. We as Christian dim just use that as a day where we can in a unified fashion celebrate the birth of Jesus. And so it becomes his birthday by de facto, but we don't necessarily claim that you know he was born on Christmas the 25th. It's just a time when we come together to celebrate the coming of Christ. And Advent is this, this time frame leading up to the celebration of Jesus' coming. And so during this time, we are expectantly waiting and, 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 and it's almost like Advent for us here is the, it's the, the, 
the representation of the period that the nation of Israel were expecting and expectantly waiting the actual first coming of the Messiah. It's a representation of that time. And, and often, as we read in Scripture, this time isn't filled with a lot of hope, a lot of joy. There was a lot that Israel went through during their advent, their leading up to. And it was almost like a couple of hundred years. The, 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 the prophets were silent. You know, there weren't any guides to the Israeli people of what's going on, how long is it going to be before the, uh, the actual birth of Christ happened, but there was always within their hearts this longing for, this expectant waiting of the coming of the Messiah. And so when we're leading up to this time of the announcement of the birth of Christ, it is the representation, it's the advent of the birth of the coming of the Lord. And so for us, it's that expectation and that anticipation leading up to Christmas Day where we celebrate the coming of Jesus Christ to the world. And so it's germane to the topic of hope because the biblical word for hope Everywhere it's translated, it actually comes from two different words, three words, two Hebrew, one Greek word, and both and all three, both the Old Testament and the New Testament, all three words means and denotes a waiting, a waiting. It's, 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 a, it's an advent, it's an expectant leading up to something that is going to come, something significant that needs to happen um, with our lives. The one word in the Old Testament about hope is just a pure waiting. The farmer plants the seeds and he waits for a harvest from the seeds. The other word is something that denotes an attention. It's something that is like, man, there's an there's a, there's a anticipation building and the tension is becoming thicker and thicker and thicker as the time goes on. The word in the New Testament is actually a word that is linked to Jesus Christ. It is linked to uh, the, 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 the realization of the promise of God. And so hope for us is this, this time frame, it's this place, it's the season of expecting something to break through. Something that I've been leading up to, something that I've been waiting for, something that I'm expecting to happen but that is not just connected to my effort. It has something far greater that I want to talk to you about today. And this will help us today. If you don't feel like you have hope in your circumstances today, this is going to help you. So I'm going to read a couple of verses from Hebrews 6. And I'm going to read a couple of verses, talk through them, and make some points. And at the end of the sermon, we'll be done with the whole portion, verse 11 to 19. Verse 11 says the following. And we desire each one of you to show the same earnestness to have the full assurance of hope until the end. God wants us all to have an earnestness to receive the full assurance of hope until the end, so that we may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. So who are they talking about here? Those who through faith and patience. It's the guys, the heroes of the Bible. Noah, who waited 120 years for the instruction to build an ark to make sense. 
Now, 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 it didn't necessarily take them 120 years to build the ark. There was just a time period of 120 years before they were instructed to build the ark and when it became necessary to use it. <laughs> okay, so it might have been done and just stood there as this big old project that he thought God told him to do. And then only after 120 years passed, <laughs> was it necessary for them to start using it? It's incredible how God told them to prepare for something in his future. And that anticipation of when am I going to be able to get into this thing? When is this going to make sense? When is this going to be used? Was all a, 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 a hope-filled season for things to start breaking through, for something to come, for something to resolve, for something to start making sense. How many of you have been in a season like that where you felt God said to you, do something, prepare for something, and now it's just like, so now what now? Hope is this season that you're in right now. An expectant waiting for something. Abraham hoped five years for Isaac. And then actually the Bible says Abraham actually died in hope that the rest of the promises will be fulfilled through Isaac, right? Abraham never saw the multitudes and the, you know, the kids and the offspring that were as many as plenty as the stars of the sea and the sand on the, sea, on the seashore. But he hoped for 25 years. And in between, a lot happened. If you've read the story of Abraham, you see that, hey, he didn't do everything perfect. And yet the hope that he had still didn't disappoint. Moses hoped for 40 years to go into the promised land. 40 years. Moses wandered around the desert with the expectation that something is supposed to resolve. Something is supposed to break through. Hope is a powerful thing. Yeah. Hope can make you continue in the driest season that you might be in. David hoped for 15 years for the promise of becoming king to realize. 15 years. So he got anointed as king, and then 15 years passed. And just remember what all happened during those 15 years. The king tried to kill him. Then he started being persecuted. Then he had to fight armies that were going to kill him. Everybody sort of wanted to kill David. It's like, hey, wait a minute. I'm supposed to be living it up in luxury as the king right now. And here I am fighting for my life, fleeing for my life. Yet I have this promise. Yet there's this thing that needs to resolve that I know to be true. Let's take it to a little bit more of a macro scale. Israel hoped for millennia. Think about this. Millennia for the coming of the Messiah. You know the Messiah was promised right after Adam and Eve sinned. That's how far back this, the promise of a Savior goes in Israel in, 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 the, in the, the biblical story. And the church, we've hoped for more than 2,000 years for the second coming, for the return of Christ. Hope is a powerful thing. Hope can make you last through the roughest and toughest of things. But what if you lost your hope? What if you don't have hope right now? I'm hoping today that we can all walk out here with hope restored to our lives. By the way, I need to do a quick um, 
interlude here because I actually forgot to do something in the beginning of the service that's really important um, because, because it involves so many of y'all that did just something absolutely incredible for my family and I. And because, I, because it's so important, and normally I want to interrupt myself like this, but this is that important, y'all. Um, Simone, would you just come join me real, real quick? Um, when she was, was, was echoing me on here, I just realized, oh my goodness, I never, I never did this. So y'all, this is just an incredible act of generosity. Um, for those of you who don't know, a couple of people from our church decided to um, bless our family by importing our sister from California, from Redding, California, to us to be here with us for Christmas. We weren't able to do that on our own, and y'all just had this elaborate secret plan from October or somewhere to, to bless us, and thank you, thank you, thank you. Do you want to say thank you? Thank you, guys. I want to honor this church for being so wonderful and giving everything of yourself, honoring your pastors. And I want to say that this is going to be, this was seed into your mm. church, into your lives, and you will reap the fruit of it. It's a promise Amen. of the Bible. So thank you so much. I honor you guys. I love you guys so much. Thank you. Honestly, truly, yesterday when, or two days ago when she came in, we were just overcome, absolutely overcome with just joy and thanksgiving. And so, 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 so thank you for this incredible gesture. Um, we are just an absolute, um, you know, we're just so honored to be a part of this community and to be a part of this church. Uh, it, is, it has been one of the greatest blessings of our lives. And it's because of y'all. It's not because of the church's name or thing. It's, it's, it's us. It's yeah. We, we make this, um, you know, uh, the, ble the blessing that it is for each other. Um, and I can only hope that the same kind of, you know, love that you extended to me, that we will be a church family that extends that type of love to people around us so that everybody that comes here might feel so valued and so accepted, so seen, so acknowledged and, 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 and accepted um, as we have. So um, I know y'all can do it now, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so if you walk through these doors and we, we take interest in you, etc., don't think of it as weird. Uh, it's because we truly, truly love everybody that walks through those doors and really wants to have a meaningful relationship with each and every one of you. Um, and for us, it's just the biggest honor to be a part of that. So thank you all. Um, all right, so the church is hoped for all this time for the return of Christ. In each of these accounts that I mentioned, there's this overarching atmosphere of hope. All right, within many struggles, many victories, many losses, and many gains as it plays out over time. And so I want you to see how hope is, is something that, that can operate and can exist within struggle, within heartache, within confusion. Because these people never lose hope. Like imagine the church, how much the church has been persecuted. And yet here we are still today hoping for the return of Christ. Martin Luther King Jr. said the following. He said, we must accept finite disappointment. Like there's going to be things that happen in life that losses, you know, uh, setbacks, uh, uh, disappointments. And, 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 and we have to deal with that. We have to walk through those things. And a while back we spoke about how do we deal with loss in our lives. 
and, and, and when, uh, part of that sermon was actually what led to um, y'all deciding to, to bring family to us because we were just dealing with the idea of loss that, that, that we were actually, you know, and as much as we were gaining so many amazing, beautiful things, there was a necessary ending of a number of things for us back home in South Africa. And, 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 and you can't deny that and just think that life was going to be okay. You have to actually try and deal with that in a proper manner so that it can be a healthy ending. So that when you're at a, at a healthy ending, you can embrace the new beginning with everything in you and there's nothing holding you back. And so we must accept finite disappointment. But then he says, but never lose infinite hope. Never lose infinite hope. Hope is abiding. Hope is something that lasts no matter what you go through. So there is then a necessary question. Well, why do I feel hopeless at times? Let's get into it. Because there's a key for us as Christians that will enable us to never have to walk without hope. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says this. Now faith is the substance or the assurance of things hoped for. It's the conviction of things not seen. Hope actually provides the atmosphere in which faith can flourish. You need a lot of hope to use your faith. Why? Because hope is the habitat in which faith can thrive. Hope sets the stage and faith goes and acts out the play. Hope is the expectation, faith are the actions. Hope is something that exists in the past and, in the and for the future. Faith is something that exists right now, day to day. You have to have both. They're not the same. Hope enables faith. So, when, in Hebrews 6 verse 13 it says, when God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no one greater to whom to swear by, he swore by himself. God is the highest moral authority, all right? So he swore by himself, saying, surely I will bless you and multiply you. And thus Abram, having patiently waited, thus Abram, having hoped, obtained the promise. Patiently waited, hope. Hope is going to be what makes you stand up after you lost a battle that you just tried to win. Hope is what's going to get, get you going the next morning after you just did something that you're not proud of the previous day. Hope sets the stage and your faith lets you act out the play. But we all need to come to that stage of hope, that habitat, that atmosphere of hope, that whatever God has said to me is true and real, and it's going to happen. So how can we be so sure of that? I believe the key is in this. See, Abraham was looking back to that covenant that God made him. When God said to Abraham, leave your family, your place of living, and go to a place I will show you, and I will bless you. Uh, uh, God pronounced a blessing over him. That became Abraham's atmosphere of hope within, within which he lived. No matter how many times he made mistakes, no matter how many times he, uh, he, he, he not, did not believe God and disobeyed God 
and disappointed his family and did stupid things because he had that atmosphere of hope that was so strong and settled in his life, he could get back up every time and he could continue his journey. Y'all, we're going to have many, many, many losses in life. In fact, we probably lose more times than we win. The game of sport will tell you that, <laughs> right? The life of sport, a sports person. You lose oftentimes many more times than you actually win. So what keeps you trying for the win? It's that hope of that glory that's going to come. Hope sets the stage. So Abraham had God set the stage for him, but what? type of stage did God set for him? Listen to what it says here. Abram had to consider God's character and then decide to rest in God's goodness. And that's what set the stage for Abraham to act out day to day, to keep moving day to day what he needed to do. And this is really, really significant because here's what I want you to see is that hope is a waiting on a person, not waiting on the alignment of a circumstance. You see, Abraham did not hope for these promises to come true by checking out the circumstances. How is, because he went into an enemy, <laughs> sorry, yeah. an enemy. He went into an enemy territory and he dealt with rulers he dealt with pharaohs he dealt with 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 clans and families and he had to fight wars and he had to all the while he wasn't considering the circumstances and thinking to himself yeah well if this works out then I'm gonna be okay if that comes in place then yes I'm gonna be okay if he was waiting for the alignment of circumstances, there must have been a lot of things that could have discouraged him from continuing. Even at one point in time, he had to give up what seemed to be a most prosperous, uh, um, uh, um, call it venture or, 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 or prospect for his life to be blessed in order to maintain peace with his family. He gave his cousin or his nephew Lot a very prosperous uh, um, uh, a prospect where he could go and take the most fertile of the land and go and work his, you know, his, his future from that land. And Abraham chose the arid land, the top land where it, the circumstances was not aligning. What could make Abram able to choose God's guidance against physical circumstances? Hope. Hope that the conditions that God set before him would be met. Hope is waiting, therefore, on a person not the alignment of circumstance. It's an expectation based on the track record of God, not on my abilities. It's an expectation based on the track record of God. So where do you find yourself right now? You find yourself in a place where you might feel hopeless. Let me say this, your circumstance never changed the character of God. Your circumstance never changed the ability of God. And your circumstance never changed the agenda of God. And because of that, your hope 
is actually still secure. See, hope looks back to what God is and has done to find the strength to move forward. And even if I don't find the strength to move forward, hope literally props me up so that I don't fall. I don't get destroyed utterly because hope won't let me be destroyed. Because your hope is not a turn of circumstance that sometimes might favor me and sometimes might not favor me. Hope is a person that has favored me. Already favored me. So right now, if you feel, man, I don't have hope, I want to ask you this question, not as a try to fuss at you or, or make you feel bad, but just I want you to catch something. What have you been basing your hope on? If you don't feel there's hope, what are you basing your hope on? Hold that question and consider your answer. Let's continue. Moving on to chapter 6, verse 16, where we read this. It says, God is speaking. uh, The the writer is speaking about what God did and how God made this, this atmosphere, this environment of hope that he gave Abraham. He said, for people might swear by something greater than themselves when in all their disputes um, and in all their disputes an oath is a final uh, confirmation of the agreement between them okay so so what what people will do is this i will lay my hand on the bible and i will promise that what i'm saying here is i'm swearing by something higher than me okay I swear on my mother's grave, some of y'all said. I don't know how that's higher than you, but sometimes, we, you know, you don't touch my mama, okay? So, in, and I'm not going to dishonor my mama's name right now by, you know, saying something and then going do the opposite. So I swear by my mama's grave. <laughs> but that's how we do. We, we, we want to invoke a higher authority that other people would understand. Like we all intrinsically know, don't touch mama. Right, so if I say that I am invoking an understanding socially, that okay, this guy's serious, right? So God wanting to show his seriousness about this condition that he set for Abraham, wanted to invoke authority, but since he's the highest authority, he could only invoke himself. I swear, therefore, by myself. That this is what I will do. Verse 17. So when God desired to show more convincingly to the peers of the prom, uh, the heirs of the promise. That's an important phrase there, the heirs of the promise, because, because it, I'll tell you what in a second. When he wanted to show more convincingly the unchangeable character of his purpose, he guaranteed it with an oath. So that by two unchangeable things in which it's impossible for God to lie. We who have fled for refuge, that talks about you and I, we have asked God to save us. We have called on his name. We have fled for refuge. We have asked him. We have believed in him. Those who have put their faith and their trust in him, this is who they're referring to. We who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope. That, is said, that, that has been said before us. So what are these two unchangeable things? The one is God's character is holy. 
God's character is holy. He does not shift and change. The second thing is, his word literally cannot return to her void. He is the creator. If he says it, it happens. And so by looking at who is this God that made this oath, that provides you and I hope, we have this very strong confirmation, this, this, this convincing proof that our hope is steadfast, our hope is abiding no matter what goes on around us. Why? Because God is unchangeable and his word cannot return to him void. And when he said, I will bless you, and this is important because we have to understand what is the oath that God made with Abraham. So just going back to Genesis 12 here for a brief moment, God said to Abraham, go from your father's house, go from your kindred um, to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. And in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. That is an inclusion of you and I. We are included. The Abrahamic covenant was fully realized in the new covenant when we were included in the family of God. And so we are blessed. We are blessed. And God creates the condition that you and I will be blessed to give us that abiding hope. No matter how bad the circumstances we're in right now, things will get changed. Things will get better. So your situation might not line up with it yet, but what hope says is you are set on a course that will lead to it realizing sooner or later. You have been set on a course, and that course leads to something that is based on what God declared over us as his children, not based on what we're able to produce through our own strength. And so I want you to catch this is important. It's not based on your own strength. It's not based on your own ability to believe. But again, we have to ask ourselves this question. It's like, what have we been basing our hope on? Maybe I can ask the question a little different. Sorry, that is the different way to ask the question. <laughs> what have you been basing your hope on? Because here's what I want you to catch. If you've been basing your hope on the alignment of circumstance, and you have not been waiting on a person to act on your behalf, then it's very easy to lose hope. It's very easy for your hope to flicker, for your hope to be snuffed out. But when your hope is an expectation for a person who has good character, who has made incredible commitment to you to lead, guide you into the very best of what he has, when your hope is on that person, you're waiting on him to act, Nothing that happens in between can fully destroy you because you've been set on a course that'll lead to his imprint eventually coming to pass in your life. The last portion of, 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 the, of this is chapter 9, verse 19 and 20. It says this, we have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, 
a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf. You see, hope is an anchor to a person, not an anchor to a perfect circumstance. So have you been basing your hope on your faith or even maybe on stuff like on my spouse? Have you been basing your hope on your income or your job? Or have you been basing your hope on election results? Let me tell you, just real, real, real secretly there in your own seat. How did you feel last night? Don't even laugh or nothing. Just I want you to be serious about this. How do you feel last night if your election result did not go your way? Keep, keep, keep that opinion for you right now. Okay? This is not the, the point is not to make the opinion. No, the point is for you to, to understand. Is your hope based on what happens in the alignment of circumstance? Or is your hope based on something that transcends circumstance? Is your hope based on God? Because here's the truth. Hope is an anchor to a person. First, it's waiting for a person to act. And second, hope is an anchor to that person. If you've been anchored to that person, something very significant happens. First, here's what what, what it says about you in Psalm 62 verse 5. God says, David writes this about himself, but this is true for you. God alone Oh, my soul, for God alone, my soul wait in silence. You can say, my soul hopes in silence. For my hope is from him. And then he makes a whole lot of declarations about what this hope really is. He is my rock, my salvation, my fortress. I will not be shaken. On God rests my salvation. My glory, my mighty rock, my refuge is God. Trust in him at all times, in the good times and in the bad times. People, pour your heart out before him. God is a refuge for us. Another translation says God is a fortress for us. Remember what we spoke about last week about joy? Joy being a fortress, right? God is a fortress for me. Jesus, in another place in the Bible, says, is the hope of our glory. In other words, Jesus is the guarantee that God's sovereign will will be imposed on your situation. We are anchored to a person. And Jesus is your guarantee that God's superna- uh, 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 sovereign will will be imposed on your situation. And if your situation tarries, be encouraged. See, the miracle of hope is that no matter the situation you're in right now, it cannot change or even touch the truth that you find yourself in. If you are in Christ, you are in hope. 
If you are in Christ, you are, an, you are anchored to hope. You can almost not get out of hope's way. You are a prisoner of hope. You see, because first you take a hold of hope, but then hope takes a hold of you. There's this incredible verse in, in, in the, the book of the prophet Zechariah, and it contains a prophecy about Jesus. <laughs> and I believe it, it really applies to us today. In Zechariah 9 verse 11, it says this, As for you also, because of the blood of my covenant with you, I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. So return to your stronghold. There's that fortress, that stronghold again. Return to your joy. Oh, prisoners of hope. <laughs> you have been taken prisoner by hope. Today I declare that I will restore to you double. Who would like that promise to be yes for them? Today I declare to you I will restore to you double. Jesus is our guarantee that God's sovereign will will be imposed on our situation. In John 10, Jesus says this, I'll give them eternal life. They will never perish and no one will snatch them from my hand. Hope has taken a hold of y'all. Come on. God's unchanging character, God's absolute intention to bless you has never changed. If your hope is based on God, a person, then you'll wait for that person to act on your behalf. But knowing that you're also anchored to that person, that person has set you on a course. And that course leads to His sovereign will working out for you. So when Hebrews 10 says this, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. We now know that it's not impossible because hope is not something that I have to produce all on my own. The Bible does say in another place that when we endure, it does produce more hope. But it's not the sole way that hope comes to us. Hope comes to us first because we have placed our trust in this person, this good God that wants you to victory, have victory in your life and to overcome whatever it is that you're facing right now, to last it through this season of dryness that you might be feeling. Hope, with hope restored. It says, don't let go of the confession of your hope for he who promised He is faithful. Again, the character of God. And if your hope is based on His character, you know that it's going to come through. My expectation will not be put to shame because He is faithful. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance, that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. This journey of hope sometimes is a long journey. And in it, there are many battles that you're going to have to face. But fear not, your hope 
is not based on the victories that you get now till then. Your hope is based on Jesus. And Jesus has taken a hold of you. And He's going to guide you through. He's going to bring you there because He is faithful. And He has declared that over you. I want us to, to listen to a song now. And after the song, and the words are going to be up on the screen so that you can really hear what the singer is saying. But I want you to prayerfully just hear what he is saying and contemplate on what we said here today so that this really will sink deep into your soul. Hope is not up to me. Hope is a waiting on a person. And I've been anchored to that person. He has taken a hold of me. And I can have expectation that His will is going to come through for my life, no matter how long it takes. And even when I feel faint, I can just wait on Him, and He will renew my strength. Let's listen to the song. And after that, I'm going to ask you, if you're, if you're wanting prayer, that you would come and join us here in the front. We've got a group of people that's going to pray over uh, everybody. Um, if you need prayer and you feel a little shy to come to the front, just wait a little bit. We're going to dismiss the service with a prayer, and then you can just stay in your seat. And, and when we're done with people that we started out with, we'll come to you and we'll pray more with you too. But let's take this time to really press in to hope right now. Thank you, Alton. Please play us that song. Thank you for grabbing a hold of us. Right now where you are, if you need God to just grab a hold of you, why don't you just raise your hands to Him. God, you see every hand and every heart. Thank you that you grab a hold of us today. And we can have hope, abiding hope, everlasting, eternal hope. Jesus, you are our guarantee. Father, we just submit everything that we're going through in your hands. And today we declare, we have hope. We have hope. We're waiting on you. We're waiting on you to deal with everything that we are doing, we're, we're going through, everything that we've got going on. Lord, we entrust it into your hands. We offload the responsibility to fix that, to deal with that, to change that, Lord. We offload that responsibility. And we pick up hope. Thank you for the rest that comes with hope. No more striving. No more condemnation, feeling like we missed it. No more self-condemnation, feeling that we should have done more. We, we can rest in you. Thank you that we restore hope. You restore hope today in your promise. Because you have not changed. Father, thank you that you bless our people as they go. Bless them with abundant, abiding hope. 
Thank you that you're here with us to change lives today. We pray all in Jesus' name.